Life Audio. Hello, and welcome to Kainos Project Podcast. I'm Dale. And I am Tamara. And we are here to tackle ancient truths in everyday settings. We are back, and a lot of things have changed around here. We said we were going to come back after... I think we said we were going to pause for a couple months, and then I, it might be a year right about. coming up on a year that we paused. So hopefully, we still have some listeners out there. I mean, hopefully, both of them have returned. Maybe, yeah, our two friends, the two I friends mean, we have in the world. Probably the biggest update is that we have moved the podcast world headquarters to a different space in our house in beautiful downtown Corona, California. And the space that we have moved it to, get this, has air conditioning. It does, yeah. This is a better setup. I'm I'm happy about it. And so there's going to be a crisper sound because you're not going to be able to hear our perspiring across the recording. This is the sound of us. You're not going to hear our what? In climate controlled Our comfort. sweating? People aren't going to hear us sweat. Oh, you can hear. Oh, that's If you listen close to those earlier episodes, you mm. can hear us perspiring. Oh, okay. Well, we have a lot of things to talk about on this podcast. One... We have to summarize everything in the last year. Every news headline, everything that's occurred in the world, everything that's occurred in our lives. Yeah, let's work on that. And the lives of everybody who's connected to us. You are better at summarizing than I am, so I'm going to let you go ahead and do that. But before you do any of that, he's not really. Don't worry, guys. Um, I might. Don't tempt me. He would love to. Don't tempt me with a good time. I'm not going to allow it as a co-partner... In Kainos Project, I won't allow it. But speaking of Kainos Project, in case you did or did not notice, we were once her and him, and we are now Kainos Project. So, Dale, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, but first, a word from our sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And we're back. Yeah, so we had started this, first it was a blog and then a podcast, as her and him, because that's super cute and fun. And we're cute and fun. She's the her, I'm the him, but we spelled it H-Y-M-N. You wouldn't believe how many questions I got about the title and like DMs and stuff. They thought we sang, sing, sung, anyways. And anytime I'd write an article and people would comment, they would comment to me, they would say, dear sister. Because of the her. Yeah. Yeah. So they thought that it was a her. Uh, but we have changed our name to Kainos Project. And uh, after about, when did we start this thing? In 2018? Yes. 2018. 
So wow. it's, it's been like four years since we started. And we had this idea that we were going to start this blog. And we were finishing up our final year of seminary. We had just been married. Um, and we were just kind of enjoying the, the conversations we were having around a library table, around a dinner table. And um, we felt like those conversations were interesting. And we wanted to put those conversations in print and in audio files that go out onto the internet as we were wrestling through uh, just conversations that surrounded our faith, surrounded, surrounded theology, um, things that were taught as children that maybe we were reworking in our theology and all those different aspects of our lives that were intersecting with those things. And what we quickly realized is that we weren't alone in our desire to make a space for those kinds of conversations where we think deeply and critically but hopefully we, we would want to think biblically about those things. And so um, we put those those conversations out in blogs and in podcasts. And now we've really pivoted slightly. And we want this space to be not only our voices, but a place to create a community of voices that are contributing to this work of, if you want to call it public theology, if you want to call it uh, deconstruction, reconstruction, uh, just all these things of where our life and faith and society and theology all meld together and we construct this kind of view of the world um, right. that is hopefully um, contributing to a sense of wholeness, shalom, if you like Hebrew words, uh, that that um, <laughs> is really a more holistic look at the world than maybe what a lot of us were raised up with in kind of this uh, subculture of evangelicalism mm. in America. Yeah. And so out of that desire to not only have these conversations, um, but we quickly have realized we don't want to just have them between ourselves. So we don't want this to be about Dale and Tamara. Tamara's tired and of talking to me. She wants to talk to some yeah, other people. Yeah, I want to talk to other people. She says, what Guys, are other please. people thinking? I feel like you tell me your thoughts all the time. I, I want to hear other people's hear thoughts. I Dale's thoughts and I want to know other people's thoughts. So we want to open up our blog to have more voices, more writers. Uh, we also want to open up the dream, right, is to open up the podcast eventually to have more voices, whether it's multiple podcasts or voices on our podcast. But we're dreaming big. I mean, we, we do think there's a space for this. We think there's a need for these kinds of conversations to be happening. Um, and we think there's a lot of other people out there who are wrestling with the same things we are. So we're still working on what it looks like for Kainos Project and the podcast to become a space for multiple contributors. But we do know we want it to be just that. We want it to be multiple voices from different backgrounds, all wrestling with the same kind of conversation. So we hope you stick along for the ride and see how this all actually works out. Yeah. And so here's our vision statement for what we want to be and what we want to do. So Kainos Project, it exists to create a community of voices that are eager to explore the new ways that God wants to work in our lives and in the church. So the next question is why change? Why did we need this change? Were we not already having these conversations with her and him? Right, add more voices, but why completely change to a different name and a different mission statement? Yeah, I think a lot has changed since 2018. It's been a long four years. <laughs> it has, yes. I am tired. I am I tired. I have dark circles. It's delightful. And in many ways, like, 
we're different people than we were four years ago. The world is a different place than it was four years ago. I mean, really, you can just look at 2020 itself, and it's like the landmark between hmm. before and after. You know, that's when we had a global pandemic. There was a wave of social unrest around uh, the high-profile murders of uh, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, others um, that resulted in in widespread uh, protests, the the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement, and um, so many other related movements and organizations. And um, even if you look at this year of continuing to experience upheaval through waves of mass shootings this year, it yeah. seems like this year, like, there's always been a lot of mass shootings, let's be honest, but th- there's been such a wave of... Uh, particularly racially motivated mass shootings mm. in recent times. Um, we're still like not decided on who won the 2020 presidential election, that that has culminated even in an insurrection attempt and mm. committees that are trying to investigate what all went down with that. We just had the overturn of Roe v. Wade, which has vastly changed the landscape of the pro-life movement and, Right. Really, the, the the fractures that were there before are mm-hmm. coming into the fore. Um, and so there's there's a lot of different things there, different even from two months ago, right. let alone two years ago. And so uh, we want to enter the fray of, of all those conversations. And in the midst of all that over the past few years, and it was already happening, say, in 2018, but there's been this like huge wave of people who whether you can blame it on Trump, whether you can blame it on uh, people sitting at home for two years uh, with their thoughts, whether you can blame it on uh, the wave of uh, sexual abuse scandals and leadership scandals across every Protestant denomination in America, or even just the, the inability of church leaders to have the tools to rise to these new challenges and questions. There's been this wave of people who are deconstructing their faith, who are reworking their theology, who are uh, some of them even walking away from the faith. Um, And so we want to enter into the fray of those brand new questions, uh, the new complexities that that we just haven't had to deal with before in in our setting. Uh, And so that's where we want to live now. And part of that is just the questions that people are asking right? You have groups of people, individuals who are asking really good questions that either people have been too afraid to ask, you know, in the past, or they are now thinking through things in a different way than the answers that were always presented. There is a little bit more questioning of, well, why is something this way? Is that truly because that is what we read about in scripture and that is the truth that is given from God or is that just the tradition that has existed within the church and those things are now intertwined in a way that it's hard to separate them out and we shouldn't be afraid to ask questions as believers as a church we shouldn't back down from allowing people around us to ask hard questions and to challenge us a little bit there are certain things that Dale and I have wrestled with in our own faith. Um, I wouldn't say we've we've come close to a, a space of 
leaving the faith in any way, but we are certainly asking hard questions and just trying to pull apart what is it that has become systems and structures and tradition, and what is it that is truly scripture, and how do we live out Christ in in all of our life? Because that's I think every Christian would agree that's the goal is to live out our faith in every aspect. And that's where the conversations that we're going to have through Kainos Project come into play is we are dealing with a different landscape now. And I think that's evident across every aspect of our culture. And certainly it's going to be something we need to deal with as believers. It's going to be something we need to talk about as believers. So we can't just say, well, that's the culture outside who's dealing with all of this change, we're going to just keep doing what we do. We have to allow the conversations happening inside of our community groups, outside of our community groups to be something we're attentive to, we're aware of, and we're critically thinking through, not apart from scripture by any means, but alongside scripture. Yeah, so we definitely want to be deeply engaged in the culture and the history of our specific moment on our little plot on the the timeline of world history. But we also want to be firmly planted in Scripture because we uh, affirm Scripture as our authority. It's the final authority that right. that we turn to. And when I say that, I don't mean a particular interpretation that has been passed down to us. I think there are certainly a lot of things about our theology that have not changed and will not change. But I think what many people who are deconstructing and just people who are reworking things in their faith and in their life, what they're coming to realize is that they had been given a quote-unquote authoritative interpretation of Scripture – Mm-hmm. That was very much defined by a historical moment, by a political ideology or view that uh, that those views aren't as infallible as the word of God itself that they're mm-hmm. supposedly being interpreted from. And so we want to, as much as we can, discern the author's intent from Scripture and apply it to the very relevant, very pressing, um, oftentimes very traumatic things we're seeing in our lives and the headlines and all those things. That's what we really want to do. And really for us, it, as consider ourselves theologians, I think anybody can just call themselves a theologian. I was just like, I just, I'm a, it's like calling yourself an artist. Like who can define what a theologian is, but as a, <laughs> as a, as theologians, what we want to do is engage in that dialogue at those pressure points um, where people just have questions. And uh, a lot of times these aren't conversations that we can have, you know, on a Sunday from the pulpit. Um, but these are things that, that are worked out uh, through personal conversations mm-hmm. and just engaging with each other in one-on-one conversations and in groups. Right. So we are here for people and groups, I mean, just like you said, to engage in dialogue that might look different than it ever has before. And we are still seeing that even over the last few years, our conversations continue to look different just on a personal level. Um, But we also know that, again, it can't just be our voices. We are not 
experts on everything in the world, on everything happening around us. Um, we want to be individuals that steward like the wisdom and discernment and gifts and knowledge and education that we've been given to the best of our ability. But we also understand that means bringing in other voices. And so um, we want different voices with insights, different experiences, um, different expertise and matters related to some of the most pressing questions that are happening around us. So we want to do a new work of theology and be a part of a coming revival that we we truly believe Jesus wants to bring. And and that is part of the reason for even the rebrand, the the renaming of what we're doing. Um Kainos Project. So do you want to explain the meaning of Kainos and why Kainos? What does it mean? And yes, it's pronounced Kainos. I've had a lot of people like, how do you even say that word? So it's right. Greek. It's Kainos. It's all Greek to me. Exactly. Well, the word Kainos, s- as simple as you can say it, is it, it means new. So we want to do this new project of theology. And like you said, not just like an armchair, how many angels can dance on the head of a pen kind of theology, <laughs> but like... <laughs> But where it really affects our lives mm-hmm. to do a new kind of theology um, that is of a new kind. And so uh, this word kainos, it comes from it's a there's a bunch of different places that it shows up in the New Testament. Um, but the the verse where we got our inspiration for it, it comes in the book of Revelation. And that's everybody's favorite book it's to mine. want I mean, to start to study. But then once you start studying it, it's like people get discouraged and give up because there's symbolism and it's scary and it's the end of the world. And there's a, you probably heard a lot of things about it depending on um, what group of Christians you've been around. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of infighting in evangelicalism (laughs) exactly, and some hard lines drawn. And so that can be even more confusing uh, to be able to discern that. But there are some things that are clear about revelation about it's ultimately a book that's meant for, for hope that, uh, that everything that is broken in the world, that everything that is evil in the world is eventually going to be brought back to right, that there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth, um, that things are going to be made whole again. That's this this very Hebrew idea that you see both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Again, this this idea of shalom. And, and shalom is not just like the absence of war or conflict. It, it's the presence of things being the way they're supposed to be and functioning the way that they should. And so um, that's really what the book of Revelation is about. But there's this verse, Revelation 21.5, and it says, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And so these are the words of Jesus, where he, he is speaking into the world, Behold, I am making all things new. And that's what Jesus is going to ultimately do with the world where everything will be as it should be. But we have this just firm belief that that is what Jesus wants to do in small ways and in big ways in the here and now. Right. And the interesting thing about this verse is it really is a... a, a very literal focal point of the book of Revelation. And it's also thematically a focal point of the book of Revelation that this is what everything is coming to. This is the work of Jesus, that he is going to make all things new. And oftentimes we think of that as this 
far off distant thing that Jesus is going to do one day, which there certainly is absolute truth to that. Like everything will be made new, but it's here and it's now. And that's what we want to be part of is that new work that Jesus is doing in our own lifetime and in our own generation and in our own communities and in our own cities. And it is exciting and it should be exciting. We shouldn't look around at the world and be led to a space of despair. And oftentimes that feels like the conversation within Christian communities is we're afraid. Look at the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And that's kind of the phrase that is even used. But as we look to the final book and what Jesus is going to do in Revelation, he is making all things new. Like this is exciting for us. We get to be part of that work and we get to see it happen before our eyes in, in many ways. Not in not in its fullness, but in in ways we get to be part of that. Yeah, and there's this common phrase that's used among a lot of evangelical Christians where they look at the state of the world, whether it's like the sexual revolution, whether it's the wars that we see ourselves in, whether it's racially motivated massacres that we see on an almost monthly basis, and they say, oh, oh Lord, come quickly. Right. Like, let's just end it. Yeah. Um, Instead of, Lord, help in the midst of this, be part of what's happening here. Reveal yourself to people and make yourself known. No, we just like, get us out of here. We're done. I mean, cause that's the truth. Cause he, he is, he is coming, but there's also the reality that he is here mm. like, yeah. in us and through us that the church, both as individual Christians, we are a temple of the Holy spirit. The Bible says your body is a temple of the Holy spirit, but in the same way, the church, the community of believers together, is a temple of the Holy Spirit that is bringing about this newness. And there's actually a couple of different words in the New Testament that are translated as new, and we picked kainos for a a specific reason. So there's kind of like two main words that are used for new, and the first one is naos, and then the other one is kainos. Right. Naos is used pretty frequently and so is kainos in new testament like if you just were to do a word study you see a pretty equal measure of both words so they're both important it's not like one is better than the other but we did choose one over the other for because specific we reasons. felt like it was better yeah exactly <laughs> so <laughs> so neos is this look it's a looking forward right it's probably the most common way that we use the word new just in conversation, it's the most familiar. It's often used with respect to time. So the new described with Neos, it takes on the same kind and quality of its original thing. So just as an example, our son, delightful son, who will be three next month, his name is Silas and we love him. uh, He kind of destroys things. So kind of, I mean, he he destroys literally everything. I hide my stuff. Okay. Because I don't want him to touch it or get like peanut butter fingers on it. I mean, yeah, he's kind of grimy too, but that's okay. So sometimes he will break things um, and he often is just very aggressive and rough with his toys and something will break off a wheel, an arm, a foot, a toe. Something will break off of a toy. And Buzz Lightyear's lost all his limbs. Yes, poor Buzz Lightyear. So he will often come to me and ask me to fix it and I will tell him, I'm sorry, Silas, I can't fix it. It's broken. I can't fix it. And I made the mistake and one you, time. And you tell him, it's just like the world. Yeah. I, it's all broken. <laughs> exactly. We can't fix it. <laughs> this is a time to learn. No. So I made the mistake one time of saying, 
okay, Silas, I'm sorry, bub. It's broken. Mommy will buy you a new one. And ever since I told him that, he will now come up to me with whatever broken item he has. And he says, mama broken. Mama buy new one. And he's asking me to buy him a new one. The exact same thing. He wants it to be exactly like the one that he had before. He doesn't want it to be different in any way. He doesn't need an upgrade. He doesn't want it to be, you know, a 2.0 version of it. He wants it to be the exact same thing, but just new because now it's not broken. It's kind of the same thing. I I, I bought a new iPhone, which you, you tend to do like every three to four years, where it's basically like the same phone, just it doesn't overheat and... The camera's slightly better, but it's it's the same thing. It's the same kind. All the apps are the same. It functions the same thing. Yeah, that's that's Naos. Yeah, and so you want it to be the same quality, and you want it to be um, the same kind of thing, just as the original. And uh, there's a lot of verses using Naos in the New Testament, and I'll kind of just go through a few just so you can hear um, the understanding of the way new is being used in these verses. So one is Colossians three nine through ten says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Another place we see it is Hebrews 12, 4 says to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So these are all just examples of new being used in the way that it's going to be the same kind and the same quality of its original. Yeah, and another example is where it actually refers to people this way, like young men, like Naos men, like he's a new man, like in that his knees still work and his (laughs) hair is dark and he doesn't have wrinkles. (laughs) That is not Uh, us. Yeah, when he's no longer a a Naos man, he's an old man, um, he's still the same man. He's 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 still himself and so in that sense it's it's new but of the same kind right and so the difference is in neos and kainos is kainos it's a different kind of new it's a better kind of new it describes something that is new in quality but different in nature from the old so so it'd be like if I had a flip phone and I just got my iPhone as opposed to I bought one iPhone and it's the same iPhone. There's a, it's a, a brand new kind of thing. Right. So it's like new, but better. And that's obviously why we chose Kynos (laughs) because we want to not throw out the old, right? That's the neat thing about the word kainos is it has respect to the old. It has respect for what came before it. It's not throwing it all away and then just starting over. It's using the good of what was there and then making that new thing better. Yeah, so, so some examples of uh, verses that use kainos, this, there's uh, Galatians 6.15, which says, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation there's a a new spiritual community that is built up around Jesus that's of a different kind than what came before it and Jesus talks about this when he's talking to his disciples 
um, and we see it uh, reflected in the Apostle John's first letter in 1 John 2, 8. He says, I'm writing to you a new command. It's truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining in the same way that, that Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment uh, that you would love one another, that there's this new kind of thing that's being brought forth. Right. And throughout the New Testament, we see kainos used in a lot of different ways. And instead of just doing a word study and then kind of figuring out what does all that mean, um, I kind of went through and just looked at different places that kainos is used. And really, what is it that the Lord is making new? Um, And so I just tried to group them together in a way that was easy to digest. So when we see the Lord making something new and the word being kainos, um, he gives us a new commandment to love one another. Like that understanding is new in the way that it's better than what was before. This new command to love one another is kainos. Uh, He created the church as something new that's supposed to transcend the Jew and Gentile boundaries that were established uh, previously, we become a new creation. That's kainos that's being used there. Um, He created us as a new self made in his likeness. He promises us a new name. We get to sing a new song. The new Jerusalem will be our eternal home. We will spend eternity in the new heaven and earth. And so these are all areas or ways or, I guess, categories of ways that we see the Lord doing new works. And they really should bring us encouragement as we look at them now. Of course, we were not the original audience for any of these books written, but we can still understand that same newness that God is promising um, when these letters were written or these books were written, is the same thing that we can understand the Lord doing now. Yeah, so when we're talking about a kainos way of living, when it comes to our understanding of culture, of our generation, of society, uh, or even our stage in, in church history, our desire shouldn't be to bring it back to the glory days of of a certain age. And now nostalgia has its place, and there are certain things that we loved about the days of our youth or maybe bygone eras. But the reality is that we have yet to get it right. Like even in, if you look at American history where things that, that we were getting right in a certain period of time that it seems like we're getting them wrong. Now there were other things that were getting way worse wrong than, than, than we are now. And so um, we have yet to exemplify the image of Mm. Jesus to the rest of the world, not only as, as a country, as a nation, but as the church in every generation of the church, we're doing things right and we're doing things horribly wrong. And so we want to uh, pay homage to the past. We want to respect the good things of the past, but we don't want to ever go back there because the work of Jesus is to do a new work, not to blow everything up necessarily, but to, to build on the foundation of the good to create something newer and better. Right. So Kindness Project is about longing for, it's dreaming of, and even making way for the kainos work of Jesus, for that new work. And it's not even just a reset, right? We're not asking to just start over, hit the reset button, clear it all, but to see a refresh. 
within our churches, to see a refresh within the lives of believers and ultimately in our communities, like made those things that Jesus is doing within his body, within his people, may we also see that happen around us. And so again, the goal is not to get back to the theology of the Reformation or back to the style of church that worked during the Great Awakening or to go back to the days of Billy Graham and his style of ministry. We want to glean from the hard faith work that has come before us, but it shouldn't be that desire to go back to it because this exemplifies that moment where they got it right. Like like you said, we, we have yet to get it right. And I think a large part of that is to keep us humbled and keep us relying on Jesus because it's his work. It's not any golden person that was able to do it. So we want to see breakthrough in our lives, in the lives around us today, because we are living under a different cultural backdrop than, you know, some of the the great theological thinkers that have come before us. Um, but that doesn't mean that the same spirit that was moving in those days that we look back to, that same spirit is moving now and is going to break through the culture that we're experiencing now. Yeah, and when you think about like these great uh, figures of faith in the past, whether it was like Martin Luther or John Calvin or it's a Billy Graham, uh, what made these faith leaders great was that they were speaking into the very relevant existential questions, societal level questions, worldview level questions that were pressing in their day. And so for us to go back to like, oh, well, what did Martin Luther say? Well, Martin Luther said a lot of stuff. Martin Luther was also an anti-Semite, among other things. And what did John Calvin say? What did Billy Graham say? Or what did Billy Graham do that worked? In, in one sense, you can glean from that. But in another sense, you're failing to do the kind of work that mm. a lot of these faith leaders were doing yeah. in their day. You know, despite whatever shortcomings they might have had, they were seeking to do a new thing in mm. their day and time. And so I don't want to have like just this stockpile of answers to questions that they were asking in the 1500s. Mm-hmm. I don't want to yeah. have a stockpile of answers to questions that they were asking in the mid 20th century. Mm-hmm. Like the questions are different. Like a lot of the, a lot of the answers relate to each other as there's a, a as a core of truth to the center of them. But really what I've come to realize is that theology is the project of every new generation. Mm. And the measure to which we fail to engage in that project Mm -hmm. is the measure to which uh, we fail to fully apprehend the the new kind of work that Jesus wants to do in each generation. Yeah, absolutely. And you think, I mean, we are now referencing like Martin Luther and Billy Graham. And so um, just to piggyback off what you're explaining, Martin Luther, the, the great reformer that we celebrate and think highly of and read still. We dress up um, like him on October 31st. <laughs> Some people do, yes. He wasn't wrestling, like in his time, he wasn't wrestling with how to understand and live out his faith amidst the sexual revolution. Like that was right. not Right, there were no part, non-binary uh, people when he was around. Exactly. And Billy Graham, the great evangelist that many people came to faith through listening to his sermons, 
He was not wrestling with sharing Jesus during a time when anyone's opinion based on fact or not went viral within hours. Hmm. And he was publicly proclaiming, like, imagine Billy Graham. Well, he was the first doing, viral preacher, you know? Right. But imagine him now and the kind of criticism he would get within minutes of any of his crusades. Did, who is that? Yes, crusades. Yeah. I was like, what were they called? They weren't conventions. They were <laughs> conventions. crusades. I say, any of his conventions, that's not what they were. But any of his crusades, now you were to put those same exact events in 2022 and I guarantee you he would need to change a little bit of his strategy. And You're saying that Billy Graham is canceled? I mean, people might have wanted to cancel him, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so basically we can continue to glean from these people that we respect and not just these people, like whatever, whoever they are, but right. people that have done such a great work for the faith and have really impacted our own faith through the have shaped entire church structures and movements. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't want to say the work they did is for nothing. It's absolutely not. It's, it's foundational and fundamental to a lot of what we're doing now. And we appreciate that and are thankful for that, but also understand even the work they did was within the setting of their own culture. And so what does it look like for us to do work for the kingdom within our own cultural settings. Yeah. And there's this, uh, verse that I always come back to in Ecclesiastes, uh, where Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. And in one sense, like he's like super right. Like it's a really cynical thing to think about, but in a certain sense, like nothing ever changes. Empires rise and fall. Babies are born. Old people die. There's like this endless cycle of boom and bust, whether it's, having to do with theological movements, economic systems, geopolitics, or whatever, that there really is nothing new. New. But at the same time, Jesus has said, behold, I am making all things new. And so with Jesus, there's this sense of that in our own lifetime that we can experience this kind of supernatural newness that is unique and is truly of a different kind than what came before it. And really, you know, all we have is our one lifetime to do something mm. meaningful with it, to find truth, to exemplify the love of Jesus and the, the power of, of, of his ability to transform not only our own hearts, but our own lives that right. he is making things new, even within the context of the fact that there's nothing new under the sun, mm. empires rise, empires fall. Mm -hmm. But, there's something unique and special that he wants to do in us and among us uh, that can be a fresh movement, a fresh uh, wave of of what he wants to do in the world. And so really our goal is to live at the intersection of the wisdom of there's nothing new under the sun and the great hope that behold, I am making all things new. Yeah. Well, you said that really nicely. Look at you. You've been thinking about this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think the last two to three years have so clearly displayed that we are living in a time of great change. It's it's undeniable at this point. These unprecedented and, times. Yeah. But really, really I, it, it's my belief that we are living at a hinge point in yeah. the history of the world that's going to be really historically significant even 500,000 years from now. Think about 
the printing press and how that transformed the world. Mm. We got the internet that's only like what twenty years old, thirty years old. Mm-hmm. That um, we're we're just at a, at such a, a critical pivot point in history that it's an exciting time that that we are going to be in the history books maybe not you and me specifically but no and i don't think we our ambition is not to be in history books all right and our ambition is not to be the next billy graham right you always hear that in churches like you might be the next billy graham but that's that's not the goal yeah, the goal billy is graham not to glorify ourselves he's, he's in any way yeah. but just to know jesus does want to do something new now and it's not something we have to assume it's for another generation like it's for us now and our faith must intersect every aspect of our lives which means that we have to have difficult conversations we are living in times that are different so the conversations are going to be different and they're going to be difficult um but we have to welcome in various voices who come from different walks of life different expertise and different experience um because we do want to seek to advance the gospel into the next generation and into our own generation. So now we certainly don't have it all figured out yet. Hey, I, speak for yourself over I there. I know. I'm, I've got it like 90% figured out. Absolutely. I, Until I don't and I just unravel the whole thing again. Yeah, that's what you're known for. Uh, so we don't have it figured out, but we hope to be as charitable uh, gracious and loving as we think out loud with you and probably me more than Dale, but I would hope for that in return too, that you be gracious with us as we, uh, just have conversations and not being afraid to have them because I will probably say things that are more regrettable than you will. But, oh, I say some pretty regrettable things, according to my inbox. Yeah, but I think it's important that we're not afraid to have them because of criticism, and we're not afraid to have conversations because of the kind of comments that are going to end up in our inbox. So uh, that is probably more of a bold step for me than it is for Dale. Um, but we we want to extend the invitation for anyone who would like to contribute to the work of Kindness Project. So... Visit our website. It's really nice. It's beautiful. It's fun. It's way better than what we had before. Because I didn't design it myself. That's why. Yeah, we paid a very talented designer. And um, she's also a friend. So I guess we'll thank her publicly for that as well. Because our website looks really nice. Um, But really, stop by our website. It's just kinosproject.com. Take a look around and submit an article if you like to write. Maybe if you don't like to write, but you have something to say that's interesting to what's happening in the world around us and our faith. Um, You can email us at info at kinosproject.com. Get in touch with us that way. Dale loves to check angry emails, so feel free to put attention, Dale. (laughs) (laughs) those are his favorite kind um but really genuinely we are excited to see where the journey of kainos project takes us and we look forward to seeing a community develop that reimagines how we understand ancient truths in light of our current realities and seeing a brand new generation of christians stepping into the abundant life that jesus has promised us 
Thanks for listening to the Kainos Project podcast. Thank you also to our partners at Life Audio. Visit lifeaudio.com to find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in the network, including shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you enjoyed hanging out with us today, consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a rating and review. And be sure to visit our website, kainosproject.com, for more helpful resources. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Hello, hello, Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word, one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search Your Daily Bible Verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.